Oh, oh I just realized I've got to do a fucking news segment, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm just using this as the preamble bit for the intro, by the way. <laughs> I'll keep that image going, oh shit, I've got to do the news. It is time to tune up the band and Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stone Cold. It is another episode of the Sweet Chin Wag podcast. I am Sam alongside Dan and Reardon as we continue our journey through the wacky world of professional wrestling. Afternoon chaps on a day that we never usually record. It's all weird to me. Everything is strange and I don't like it. <laughs> just, yeah, so just for the like... Just for the, the, the laugh and for reference. Yeah, we're recording this on a Thursday where we usually record on a Saturday because we all found out that we're quite busy over the week. Well, I say we. Uh, I'm quite busy over the weekend. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't blame me. Blame the significant other. <laughs> kind of busy. <laughs> kind of. Things are happening. Everything's happening all at once. But no, um, <laughs> how have you been, chaps? I'm all right. I'm all right. Everything's just confusing now. That's it, honestly. It's going to be really weird having a Saturday where I'm not recording or talking about wrestling with you. Mm. But yet here we are on a Monday. Jesus. I know, it's going all... I keep saying this is like full-on wacky woohoo week. <laughs> it really freaking is. <laughs> oh gosh right get out of the mentality Sam it's a Saturday it's a Thursday we haven't even seen Smackdown yet so we can skip over the news no I'm just kidding <laughs> yeah unfortunately, unfortunately though it still means we have to mention Raw so oh gosh you're right you're right anyway we give no you this escaping that <sighs> we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud Spotify Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts and through the through the wonderful, wonderful person that is Project Dits every Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I, lo- I love adding that bit at the end. Dits has been so lovely. He's been so cool for us. And we're, we're so appreciative of the new people and the new listeners that have come in through Project Dits. You lot are awesome. Thank you for uh, for listening to us and accepting us. And we, uh, yeah, I'm so looking forward to the future. But that's for sure. Oh, of course. All right. Yeah. So, before we get on with this episode where we review Backlash 2000, quite possibly the greatest backlash since WrestleMania backlash this year, (laughs) it is time to visit Dan for this week's, quite shorter, but we'll see how far that goes, (laughs) Wrestling News. Dun, 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 down. Wrestling News. Um, Still 40 minutes long. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Look, right, it just means we're talking about different stuff. <laughs> That's true. Um, no, so first so first off, I actually want to just kind of run it back a, a little bit uh, just to go over some companies we don't normally really get the chance to talk about just because we're normally going through the week and there's normally a whole bunch of stuff that's happened by this point. Yeah. Uh, so first off, a uh, huge shout out to Ring of Honor. Oh, uh, yeah. For the, yeah. The edition of ROH TV. Uh, some absolutely amazing 
uh, matches on there. Um, but Tony Deppen beating Tracy Williams for the uh, ROH television title, absolutely fantastic. Tony Deppen's going to be huge for ROH. Oh, that was a great match. That's up um, there is one of my favorites of the year so far. And, like, honestly, it speaks to the level of ability that Tony Deppen has because often, a lot of time, he's been used as someone to make other people look better simply because he is that good. Mm. Um, but him getting the title and holding it for um, Violence Unlimited is A, huge for the group. Yeah. But B, um, I really think is important in setting him in with the rest of them because I feel like a lot of Tony Deppen's image... And the way he wrestles may seem a little off-piste with the rest of the group. I get what you mean. Um, or at least I, I I saw people who were like, oh, what's Tony Depp doing next to like, Brody King and all that? Mm. Mm. Um, but like this sets it in. Like, he is obviously here to stay. Yes. He is here to make his mark. And I hope I he mean, does also- with that really great... I- I've rarely seen it, which is a bad thing, but every time I look at it, I go, damn, does the TV title look nice now? Oh, mm. ROH's titles look great. Mm. Um, but also, shout out to um, uh, Flamita and Bandido. I mean, again, <sighs> Bandido's amazing. And if you're not already checking out Bandido's matches, go and do it. Bandido's such like an amazing, <laughs> an amazing luchadorian. And like, he... He is so smooth in that ring. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Like, it, like, it is genuinely worth stating how good he is. And it's a shame that a lot of people haven't had the chance to see him as much. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he did a lot of his work in PWG. Yes. Uh, but he's doing lots of stuff with Ring of Honor now. Um, and he always kind of flits between companies, freelancing. But he is amazing. So good. <laughs> Um, again, going over to another company that we don't get a lot of opportunities to talk about, but I'm making a point of talking about this week. It's MLW. Ooh, <laughs> now, yes. generally, I'll be honest, over the last couple months or so, haven't been huge on MLW. Mm. Mm. Basically, the only reason I've been watching them is for Laredo Kid. <laughs> yes. But absolutely amazing and again fantastic match uh this this in the, the latest edition of uh nlw fusion oh there's something on, i want to talk uh... there's something i want to talk about though oh sorry go ahead i was gonna say now on vice which is a which yeah, is now quite on a vice. big deal mm. oh no it is absolutely huge for them all right but let's let's get to it <laughs> the end of the show uh myron reed has beaten leo rush for the mlw middleweight championship Again, decent match. Yeah, lovely or a rush. Um, absolutely fantastic here. Haven't had as much chance to see him. Only recently stuff is New Japan Strong. Mm-hmm. But he's fantastic there as well. Uh, definitely expect him as one to watch when uh, Best Super Junior comes around. Oh yeah, because it looks like a couple of the New Japan Strong guys will be getting involved as well. But we see Selena mm-hmm. being taken to. Boyle Heights <laughs> with a masked man sitting her down in the chair and then the chair turns around and it's M.F. Dario Cueto it's Azteca Underground <laughs> oh. is the underground spiritual successor 
I can't believe MLW it. MLW stays winning, boys. Oh, no. I was, when I saw that, I was like, holy shoot. It's oh, happening. Oh, God. I, was, I thought to myself, how is Apron Bump thinking now? <laughs> we're all losing our creative, our like, collective Dude, I'm, shit. I'm, I'm there and I'm people like, yo, you've got to watch MLW. I so, said, okay, then I guess what? Oh, some decent matches. You boil height. So I'm like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> this just got interest. <laughs> Lucha Underground never died. Woo! <laughs> and so now we have as Tekka Underground to the spiritual successor, and I am excited as shit. Obviously. A problem it's going to have is obviously they're not going to have the range of people they had before. Yeah, given that everyone's now been and also, up. well, mm. everyone's been snapped up, but also like their experience with Lucha Underground has burned a lot of bridges, understandably. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really uh, so there's a lot of people I can't expect to see coming back, but given the kind of people that MLW do have and their their focus on showcasing. Luchadors and then uh, lights or weight class wrestling. Mm. I'm excited because I mean, again, Laredo Kid, yes, Leo Rush, yes, a whole wealth of people that they have in there. And let's not forget, right? Let's say they bring, they just decide, like you know what, Jacob Fatu's turning up. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> like yes, please. Hell yeah, and they, and again, it, you know, I mean, of course, we're not saying he, he's a like for like swap, but you know, you've got someone like Calvin Tankman, oh, that oh. could easily fill like you know a Matanza style role of just being a straight up enforcer. Uh, all right, now you're really piquing my interest here. <laughs> like, there, there is really no reason that they can't pull off something like this. And again, if they get more talent in from AAA, CMLL. Um, the new promotion that's recently started up, which is Federacion. Yes, I think I believe so. Yes. Um, although I know Federacion are doing a bunch of stuff with um, ROH, but again, it's fair to say loads of MLW guys are on New Japan Strong, who are also on Ring of Honor sometimes as well. Um, but no, so super super excited. Mm. Um, again, crazy news coming out of it. Speaking of Federacion, uh, we then have. Uh, Andrade challenging Kenny Omega for the AAA Mega title. <laughs> the way it should be. And we all know the result of what that, sh- that should be. It's a shame that it came after the other match announcement. <laughs> yeah, it's true. True. Which I'm still not happy about. Um, But, you know, you deal with it as it comes. And as I've said before, it's not like exactly. Um, <laughs> You know, it's like it's like the joke always goes, where it's like Mexican promotions, like ninety day no compete. I don't know what you mean. This is a different person. <laughs> yes, he's Andrade El Idolo now, which I think yeah. great choice. I mean, if he if he wasn't going to go back to El Sombra, then yeah, Andrade El Idolo is just mwah. I think I think mm. it's great, but yeah, like. Make that 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 is a that is a high stakes caliber main event for Triple Mania, and um, I swear to God, if Kenny wins that match, then it's like then just like no, no, no. <laughs> um, I mean, I like Kenny. We all love Kenny. He's just uber talented I mean, guy. We all we all like Kenny because we're all 
semi-sane. Uh, but we also love Andrade as well. <laughs> yeah, yes, so Andrade. Yes, this is we want Andrade to win <laughs> without question. Not even a question. <laughs> uh, so again, super, super excited for what they have coming up. Just going to quickly um, swing over to Japan quickly. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we had uh, Dontaku Night 2. Um, yes. And so it's worth saying for this event, as far as we know, there were two people who were, had to miss the event uh, due to COVID. People are still speculating. No confirmed reports. We're not going to throw speculation out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like there was, there was, again, some good matches in there. The main event was pretty good. Unfortunately, because of who it is, I feel like I can't enjoy it as much. Yeah. But when, when Shingo wins... Shingo, I'll be yelling at the top not, of my lungs. Not, not if, but when, huh? Not oh if, no, no, it, it is, is a when. question. It oh, is it when. Is, it is absolutely a question of when because you've got you've got to be super popular if you can post a picture of you butt naked on Twitter like Shingo did the other day. Either that or be Megan Stallion. So yeah, you're right. Actually. True, true. <laughs> like, like, the, like the thing is right is that obviously the thing. The thing that is worrying about this is that obviously Shingo has always been, he's never really been seen by management as a New Japan guy. He's always mm. been seen as a Dragon Gate guy. Like he's, he is still somehow seen as a Dragon Gate guy despite the amount of time that has passed. And the fact he's been putting on phenomenal matches that are talked about to this day. But yeah, still. he, but like he's doing week in, week out, like four star minimums, <laughs> which is insane. <laughs> I like, like again. I, I mean, I'm I'm here. I'm throwing it now. I'm saying, pretty much, barring like complete disaster, Shingo is running pretty high on my best of 2021. Wow. Okay. No, like Shingo for me, like he's still at number one. Like he was last year. He's still at number one. Um. So, but like, no, he he's been he's been putting in work, and so again, for for me. And for a lot of viewers of New Japan, which is what I'm saying, like a lot of people have been saying they've been just been dropping off because of the Road 2 shows and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for me, if you are, you know, IWGP management and you don't put the title on Shingo, <laughs> like, I imagine that's going to make quite a lot of people drop off. Although, yeah. again, it's worth saying, I really want to watch more Dragon Gate. Oh. I just don't want <laughs> to. I, 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 I really I, need to watch more of it, I feel. I, I, I don't blame you on that one. And it, it, uh, apparently Gate... people have been saying they've been putting in great stuff this year. They I haven't really had a chance have. to catch up with much of it. I've been catching up as much as I possibly can, you know, given, you know, how busy mm. my schedule can be. But yeah, yeah. man, they, they're on really good form. Really, really good form. So yeah. again, it's saying, saying on the other vein of things, um, again, a lot of people pretty dissatisfied with um stardom but uh tjpw again putting in work yeah and I, and of course that isn't because of Mac. well actually no a lot of it has to do with maki i'm not gonna lie uh- <laughs> hey look there's more to tjpw than just maki ito as much as we love maki ito <laughs> that is true but still you know we're simps for Nakayito over here in the West. That is true. Oh, we man. are simps, and we know we are. <laughs> we're simps, and we know we are. <laughs> I said that's that's yeah. why I want to go see Nakayito at Eve, so we can get that chant over. Yes. 
<laughs> that the English fans, will, UK fans will love it. Um, but no, TJPW have been putting great work. Um, one people have been telling me to check out is, I believe, A2W, who, again, I haven't had near enough chance to watch. Same. Um, and uh, Sudoringo, who I haven't had. Again, I've caught some of their stuff, but not as much as I wanted to. Ex- um, yeah, but no, worth saying, they were putting in work at the end of last year as well. Um, <laughs> but moving over now to... Uh, Moving over back to the US, and we're going to we're going to start at Raw, and we'll just like build up from there. Mm-hmm. So much. Right, that's not too painful for all of you. <laughs> Let's just get painful. on, get on with it, do it. Okay, we had a Raw tag team match between AJ Styles and Omos versus the New Day. <laughs> it was practically um, the same match as their one at WrestleMania, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Um, we had the. Probably the thing that got the most traction for anything WWE did uh, on Mondays recently, but we now know Eva Marie is returning, which is split opinion. Woo! <laughs> um, and if you want my view on it, um, I'm not going to throw in all this stuff because uh, as as we understand, she it wasn't like people were released and then she was brought in she's been there since i think october yeah and i think a lot of people because it is even marie would would do that um regardless um, of the i think people were kind of people were just kind of conflating the two mm. um, um as far as i understand she's coming in in a managerial capacity interesting uh for that parker boudreau who's apparently skipping nxt and is going straight to raw Ooh. Huh. um so I have no idea. <laughs> uh, interesting one. It's like, a bold choice. I'm not um, angry at Eva Marie <clears throat> returning. Um, I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more upset over the fact of who they released. I think that's the thing you should. Yeah, be upset I, about I'm most. more upset over the people who were released. I guess the thing for me is I've always just kind of thought, what, what does she offer that the other the other people can't? <laughs> Nuclear heat. <laughs> see again though this has opened up the whole like what constitutes heat debate yeah and this is the thing i'm not going to get into maybe we'll save it for an episode one time true um but it it, it just kind of reminds me of that it's that one sign that someone held where it's like um excuse me sir i feel compelled to tell you that we are not <laughs> booing you because of your effective heel work we are simply booing you because we don't like you yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's real. And I feel like I feel bit. like that's the thing where it's people like, oh, she's gotten so much heat with the IWC, but I look at it and I think, no, I think people just genuinely disagree with her on some fundamental points, <laughs> <laughs> and mm. that's what it is. Yeah. Again, this is a whole thing about, you know, we're questioning, we're arguing like the semantics of wrestling here, <laughs> yeah, which is not our which is not our remit as much as we want to do an episode combining wrestling and philosophy. That is very true. <laughs> we will do it. We're gonna do which, it. Which is we're going to bring in a philosopher to do that for us because we don't know shit. <laughs> I mean, the the offer's yeah. still there, Abigail. So you know, <laughs> come on, Abigail. <laughs> Why won't you? Why won't you take our calls, Abigail? Okay. <laughs> now, now on to the second most uh, interactive with thing. It was the Charlotte Flair versus Dana Brooke match, and like, okay, let's just get it out of the way, right? Uh. It was the WWE tweeting, "What an effective counter." <laughs> <laughs> to which my question is, to what? <laughs> 
she just did a handspring and then Charlotte was like, I'm gonna chop block you. Yeah, it was um yes. Yeah. I was like, yes, that was that was a that was a move. Yes. I mean I mean I mean I've seen I've seen more effective handsprings in the Lawrence Taylor versus Bam Bam Bigelow match, but you know, I digress. But we move. <laughs> uh we had we had John Morrison with the Miz versus Damian Priest and it was just kind of a a normal match. It needs um, more tomatoes. <laughs> needs more hits in the crotch area. No, not in Johnny's Morrison's, please. Oh, wow. Really? Johnny's Morrison's? Really? That's what <laughs> we're going for here? Dear God. How yeah, we have Cedric fallen. Benjamin versus Lucha House Party was basically just a standard by the book tag match. Oh, uh, yeah. And now Cedric is now split with Shelton. Now. Yeah. So basically, Cedric's it's now back like at square never, one. He's gonna it's be. It's like fi- I never saw it coming. <laughs> so I, I guarantee you, next Royal, he's gonna be fighting for the twenty four seven championship. Probably. Oh. Which is a shame because Cedric's amazing. Get Cedric back to NXT. Stick him in the cruiserweight division. Yes. Um, even more cursed uh, cruiserweight action now. Angel Garza versus Drew Gulak. <laughs> um. Reardon, I don't know how to explain this to you. Oh, God. All, all the best stuff starts with that, right. Um, Angel Garza put a rose in Drew Gulak's tights and then in kayfabe kicked the rose up his ass. I literally what? cannot fucking describe it without... That's the, the best I can do. That's that's the best you can do. I think this is the... Isn't this the initiation to become one of Adam Rose's rosebuds? Possibly. Um, but, like, hey, that's it. And, man, it's a shame because, random aside here, uh, Drew Gulak put on a good match with Akira Tozawa on WWE main event. Yeah, he did. He really did. Um, and, A, annoying to see, A, Akira Tozawa still in the ninja gimmick gear, um, and, B, uh, Akira Tozawa on, uh, on main event. But, uh, oh. you know, we moved. Um, Please, if I get any more ups. Now, uh, we had. So basically, if you haven't been attuned to it, uh, if you don't know, uh, Mansoor has picked up a forty-nine and O win streak on, uh, I believe it's two hundred five live. Ah, yes, Mister Cole Quinn. <laughs> now, right, two things. A, the way he slid into that ring was smooth as hell. Yes. Second of all, he's been on Raw for one for one minute, and that's already now forty nine and one. <laughs> wow. I like. Jesus. I think it's. I like. And it Mansoor. was. And it was a DQ. Yeah. And he gets that. Uh, uh, building this winning streak up. Onita just you know DQ DQ loss. There you go. Well done. I'm sure the people of Saudi Arabia won't mind it because they don't watch Raw. <laughs> <laughs> Ah oh, man, with, this with, this this deal's going really well for you, isn't it, Vince? With so. with with all due respect to with all due respect to the boys and the big dogs, that is some prime new legacy booking. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it that Johnny said one time when he was playing the the career mode, uh, and he heard Carl? Oh wait, that sounds like a guy who gets his ass kicked by Cesaro. <laughs> <laughs> um. And now going on, we now have we had had. I mean, we're skipping over the the women's tag match just because it again 
Like, mm. I mean, personally, in my personally in my mind, Lana and Naomi, amazing babyface tag team. Yeah, I don't know why they're sowing any seeds of it being potentially like they might go heel because there's literally zero point. Could you imagine Naomi as heel with her gimmick? That'd it's be so, so weird. It'd be cyber. It'd be a cyberpunk yeah. gimmick at that point. It would be a cyberpunk gimmick, but I feel like if you're gonna turn Naomi heel, look, if you're and, gonna turn and, and the hurt bus, the hurt business doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna turn Naomi heel, you basically have to go full Janelle Monet, and I don't think they're gonna do that. <laughs> WWE can't handle Janelle Monet. That is very true. John Laurinaitis is like, what's a Janelle Monet? Real talk, they will. If I said that, they'd be like, "Who the fuck is Janelle Monet?" Oh, of course they would. <laughs> Just, but that's the you, only way you, it works. Do you, do you not remember um, a, a chunk of the WWE fan base being like, "Who is Bad Bunny?" Uh, I don't yep. care. <laughs> I'm like, yes, you might not know him because he because he's a Latin artist. <laughs> it doesn't mean he isn't still popular. Yeah, he doesn't mean he's ri- not ridiculously popular. Um, but going through going through this match, uh, Bobby Lashley gets the win via pinfall, and then Drew Drew McIntyre appears and claymores the both of them as it cuts to black. Um, oh. Again, I will try and speed through this because we've still got another two shows to go. Oh dear God! Um, full start anywhere match. Leon Ruff, as I say, Swift Scott, amazing, great work from the two of them. We now have. Um, Scott's new group. Scott's uh, entourage. AJ Francis, Brianna Brandy, and then the newly uh, no longer Ashanti the Adonis, but Ashanti Hale. I love it. The look on this of this kind of team is fucking awesome. Oh, it's straight up amazing. Like, Reardon. If you find a picture of it, go find it, because it's like, you, you look at that team, it's like, yeah, this is the sort of team I want to see dominating NXT. <laughs> mm. uh, we then had... Uh... Oh, yes, we had The Way, looking for William Regal. Uh, and then they have a whole small spat. Um, Austin Fury starts speaking to Scarlet. whole thing happens. Uh, Asher Hale versus Cameron Grimes. Asher Hale, I can't remember what his name was before he was on Evolve. Oh, um, oh god, it's escaped me as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he used to be on Evolve, and it's real. My, my, the name is not sticking with me. Amazing wrestler, got a great chance to show himself off here. Got a lot of good offense in, a lot of great moves, like doing the uh, doing the kick to then bring himself up onto the top rope. Ah, Anthony Henry. Sorry, Anthony Henry. I Anthony believe. Henry. Yes. Uh, uh, oh, but no, yeah. amazing from him. And again, someone to watch out for for anyone that hasn't watched Evolve before. Yes. No, he is definitely one to look out for because he's got such a unique look to him and a mo- unique moveset to him. And you're like, yeah, I think he's going to be really, he's going to do really well in NXT. I also oh, yeah. love Cameron Grimes's uh, gimmick of being a, a, a crypto millionaire and he's having mm-hmm. this rivalry with the million dollar man. <laughs> It's amazing. It's so great, even though it's kind of ridiculous. Even though it's ridiculous, you know, almost like that's what wrestling can be. Exactly. <laughs> um, going on to the next match, 
personally, um, I'm just throwing this idea out here were it mm. to theoretically happen. But Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa pair up with Grizzled Young Veterans against Imperium in a War Games match. Theoretically. Ooh. Ooh. Theoretically. I'm just throwing ideas out there. I'm not saying that's going to happen. Mini but... book. Mini book. Shouldn't that be the match where Timothy Thatcher turns on Tommaso? That should be the match. <laughs> <laughs> just like they did with Roderick Strong. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, like, yes, you'll be basically doing the same thing again, but also it works. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, then we had uh, Saray versus Ada Ramia, two relatively new debuting people. Um, again, I'm happy everyone's being really, really impressed by both of them. Yeah. I mean, I know personally, um, you know, people don't, you don't really want to have two new people who are kind of getting hot facing off each other, but this was actually a pretty good showcase match. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. I love how the WWE NXT Twitter account was like, "Now that's a strong style drop kick." No, it's, no, no, that's just a drop kick and just twatting someone in the face. <laughs> that ain't strong <laughs> style. That's just remember, being a Japanese no, you Joshi have, wrestler. You have, you have to remember though, strong style is when a Japanese wrestler. Oh gosh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> God, that's just, Dude, that, that's just that being a Joshi funny. wrestler. But no, damn, Dan, you're right. <laughs> that's what it is. Just that's, strong style was just being Japanese, Japanese wrestler. Does, really does Japanese so. wrestler <laughs> does anything <laughs> strong style? Strong style Japanese. I think I'm strong style Japanese. I really think so. Oh, um, it was like, um, uh, oh god, I think it was IQ wrestler tweeted. It was like that wasn't very King's Road of you, bro. <laughs> 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 just like a <"Hey>, mood. <laughs> Wow. God, I love you, IQ. Um, we had uh, Jake Atlas versus LA Knight. Amazing match. Um, I will always be in my heart pulling and supporting for Jake Atlas. Yeah. Agreed. Um, something about him to me just makes him a very natural babyface and someone that could be, again, be huge for NXT in the future. Worked really well with LA Knight as well. Very yeah, impressed did. by how both they, how well they both work together. Uh, then we had the tag team street fight for the women's tag team titles. Candice LeRae finally has gold in NXT. <laughs> it took long enough. We got that. Uh, I don't know if it was the Deadlock boys that may have said that this title has now been flip-flopped around just as much as the WCW title was in 2000. No, I think it was Cultaholic that said that i believe but um i mean yeah it has been they've done like a lot of quick reigns with it already and it's only existed for about three months at this point but i think it's worked which was weird which is weird how that has, i don't think how it's been works. i don't think it's been awful i think the only mm. bad decision was the one that they did where they were like yes we'll give you the title to lose it the week after yeah, yeah. other than that yeah. though i can't really complain Mm. Um, I mean, Shotzi and Ember have both been fantastic in it, and there's no yeah. reason they can't keep going for it again. Um, it's good for, I mean, it's good for getting heat on the way. Yes, especially with um, as we go on off, we had the interaction between Balor, Cross, Dunn, Kylo Riley, and then Johnny Gargano came out and then hit Cross with the NA title. Mm. So, you know, having having them all there with, with a title, and I guess, you know, if you want to throw that in and start ribbing on Austin Theory or something. Uh, <laughs> low-hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
um yeah or something 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 like that but yeah. no i mean pretty good all around but uh, let's again try and keep this quick let's go over to AEW. ah yes uh, we had we had blood and guts um inner circle versus the pinnacle but we'll just give you a full run through of the card if my laptop decides it wants to start working uh yeah, this, this this wasn't bad. It it wasn't bad at all. I the whole event actually as a whole, I didn't mind a lot. Uh, the blood and guts match. <clears> I know a lot of people. Well, well, Dan will get into why people were unhappy yeah. for for silly reasons. It was okay. It was an okay blood and guts match. I wouldn't say it's the best war games match I've ever seen, but as its first kind of iteration in AEW, you did you did what you set out to do. It was good. Yeah. You did the job. You did the job. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll get we'll get through into the start of it. Uh, Omega and Nakazawa versus Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. Again, pretty, pretty kind of standard tag match. It had a few moments where like Omega deciding not to, you know, saying like, "Oh, Omega won't be coming out," and then. Kingston and Moxley go to the ring, then all of a sudden Omega appears. Omega walks out, um, match ends, and then Omega comes back out with uh, the Good Brothers and the Young Bucks. Oh, that's usual. Finishes, (laughs) uh, and then they do the whole oh one two three fake pin whatever. Uh, We have Shida versus Britt Baker for the EW Women's Title Double or Nothing on May 29th. Uh, Super excited for that. It's basically a year in waiting at this point <laughs> yep super excited for this one um yeah qt marshall versus cody rhodes and uh i'm happy that they they i'm happy with the way they went about this because the whole point is qt isn't the focus yeah. correct so having it having it so that cody wins is maybe you know as some people said as obnoxious as it is um, it's kind of how it should go because it's not the QT is the one you need to watch out for. It's the rest of the members um, of his group that you need to watch out for. Yeah. Uh, Scorpio Sky chasing uh, Darby Allen with trash can. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, then Darby cool. Allen gets thrown down concrete stairs. <laughs> because it's Darby Allen, of course it does. There's a lot of lot of stairs being used prominently. Now question yeah, is who much. fell who fell down the better? Darby Allen, Mick Foley, or Zach Gowan? <laughs> mm. Zach Gowan was in a wheelchair. He had no choice but to take it. <laughs> um the one that I'm still excited for, John Moxley versus Yuji Nagata <laughs> next week. I am oh. so pumped for this match, like you would not believe. Uh, and we get to the Blood and Guts match. So the thing that, I mean, again, I feel like the people are making this as, as if it's some kind of running problem with AEW, mm. which is they have one really, really, they have a really, really hot, pretty violent event and the last moment they ruin it yeah a lot of people did compare this to revolution and i'm just like but right so the ending spot if you've not seen it or have heard of what happened Reardon, or one of the final spots i should say was mjf and chris jericho at the top of the of the cage 
fighting and an MJF pushes Jericho off and he hits the entrance ramp. A lot of people got angry because Jericho uh, had his fall broken with an airbag when he hit the ground. Uh, To which I say, dude, he's 50 years old. He's not as felt as he used to be. And if he had hit hit concrete, he would would have been seriously hurt. Yeah, like... So, uh, so as as I as I've said with this, my issue isn't the finish. It's purely from a production standpoint. That as well. <laughs> which is which is which is just if it was gonna happen, I ever have the camera beneath the matting. Yeah. Like uh, WWE used to do for Jeff Hardy spots or Shane spots as well. Yeah, or Shane's ones just have it underneath the matting, so when he falls, you can't see him. Fine. Or you do it by term Mick Foley style, and you do it from the top. Yeah, uh, I think wasn't it was it the camera the cameraman followed Jericho as he was falling, and when he hit the airbag, if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah. So when he hit it, you could see the underside of the cardboard that they'd use mm. to you know present the the ramp, as it were. Yeah. Um... So that's my only thing. I have no issue with the with the finish. Personally, I think it's a it's a good finish. It it's a, just it from finish. from a production standpoint, I can see why people might be annoyed. But I'm certainly not annoyed that Jericho didn't take a fall onto you know a to steel and concrete. Yeah, because <laughs> you're mad if you think anyone, even if someone who was twenty, would take that bump or, or without something breaking their fall. Yeah, like. Do you genuinely think? Unless your name's Darby Allen, of course. <laughs> yeah, but even still. Um, but you know what? Like all, all intents and purposes, everyone who was in that match, you know, they did a damn fine job. Horrible, horrible blading jobs by by the uh, oh, by God, FTR. Know, yeah. Like they were gushing. <laughs> Oh no! And of course, of course, as is tradition with matches that are quite violent like this, of course the Pinnacle were wearing all white because it just makes the blood that more that more visceral. Oh, oh great! They went for the they went for the John Woo technique. Absolutely. Oh, no. uh, I think it was Dax Harwood posted a picture of his gear after he after the match he had taken off yeah. and had a shower. It's just drenched in blood. But fun fact, he was wearing Bret Hart socks under his boot. <laughs> As you do, I suppose. <laughs> As you do. But no, um, really good. Well, not say really good, but it was a good one. Good way to, to start Blood and Guts to do your version of War Games. It wasn't going to... It was never going to be like the all-in-all all greatest one of all time because I felt like, um, booking-wise, it felt like they were being... They were under the spotlight of NXT's way of doing War Games, which is not the... It's not the best war game way of doing war games where they have like I've noticed it recently with the W NXT war games where everyone else is in the ring and then they do the stand the stand down or like the stereo off and then it's just like it's all anarchy. I just thought why not just make it pure unbridled anarchy like it used to be in WCW? <laughs> but you know that's the thing, obviously it's about how people decide to do things and how they decide to you know, I guess they were like thinking, oh, well, we got to, com- well, we got to kind of try and see if we can stay on NXT's level. So I guess book it around how they do it, adding our own flair to it. Maybe 
that'll work out for people, you know, trying to watch this match. But ah, what do we know? We're just we're just free idiots who talk about wrestling. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, no, good, not bad, not a bad special for uh, for AEW Dynamite. Um, but I think yeah, I'm with you, Dan. I'm just I think I'm more excited for the fact that John Moxley's going up against Yuji Nagata. <laughs> That's what I am here for. That is what I am ready for, and I'm going to be seeing it as soon as I can. Oh, Dad, I guess the last thing we need to talk about in terms of this week's news is uh, the the future of Daniel Bryan. Well, yeah, obviously up in the air right now, at least as far as we know. Uh, his contract expired after the latest edition of SmackDown. Very surprising. Uh, I mean, yeah. Obviously, part of it is where does where does Brian go next? What what comes next? Um, at least for my mind, reading it and reading a lot of the interviews with him, he's kind of saying like, "Look, I'm just burned out with wrestling at this point." Mm, Which like, is fair. You can tell he's passionate. He's still very passionate about wrestling, uh, but you could also tell that he wasn't he wasn't all that pleased with the the build-up, and indeed the match at Mania. And that I feel that might have that might have had more of an effect than I think we all know on Brian. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, look, my I've made it clear on social media where I'd like to see da- uh, uh, Daniel Bryan go next. I think, you know, a great little farewell tour of the indies going up against guys he's, uh, he's uh, inspired uh, would be quite a good way to end his career on his own terms. I mean, if he's holding out for more money with the WWE, yeah, why not? I mean, this is a perfect way for someone to end his career, doing it the way he'd want to do it. He's got he's basically got his entire rest of his career in his own hands, not in Vince. Uh, he hasn't got it. Well, Vince hasn't got it in his hands. Mm. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, as I said, I think a lot of it is that he just wants to toned down now he just you know he's, he's done with it and he wants to find his next path through i mean obviously went from what that's as a as a coach trainer booker whatever you know backstage thing he decides to do you know obviously we all have our you know our dream matches and stuff and you know i you know again i if if he decided to do something like you know just one last tour of the indies then Amazing, yeah. I'd be all here for it. I'd support him every single way for it. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, you know, if he just decides, you know what, um, I'm just going to renew. Because I, 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 I think I thought of was that maybe it's just around him renewing his contract, not as a wrestler, but taking a contract as backstage. Yeah, it could be some of the hang up. Um. But again, that's that's speculation on my part. <laughs> there you go. Confirmed. Brian Danielson versus Josh Barnett, Bloodsport 7. <laughs> <laughs> Book I mean, it, Josh. Look, right, I was there and I said, frankly, because, I, I mean, ideally for me, the ultimate bookend to his career, to me, would have been Nigel McGuinness. I think we're all in agreement with that. <laughs> but being that Nigel McGuinness does not wrestle anymore, and in a way cannot. Mm. Personally, 
I would say if you're saying the ultimate indie bookend, it's got to be Homicide. Yeah. 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 I would go like the, the two I could only think of if it weren't Nigel, it's got to be Homicide. And if it ain't, if it, it can't be Homicide, then I don't know, by, by hook and crook and by some miracle, Joe. That's that, like that, that's the, that's the thing. If, if I'm saying like you, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying in terms of like, not, what would be like the great retirement match? Mm. Because I mean, we could be throwing out names forever for that. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Personally, like for me, if I was saying the ultimate match, that would be like the ultimate bookend. Then I would say like Daniel Bryan versus, you know, Daniel McCarthy, Lee Moriarty. Yeah, you know, one of the great te- one of the great technical wrestlers of the new age. Mm. But if I'm saying like. Because I'm one of the people that's like, I don't know, but when it comes to retirement stuff, like, I like bookending. Yeah. Like, where you started. And what a better way so, to do it. Like, you know, two of the uh, two of the ROH originals against each other. Fucking Western-style standoff gunslingers. Does this mean that Daniel Bryan has to come out in a duster and a cowboy hat? It has to be. I mean, it has to be done. As long as he comes to the final countdown, I'm happy. Yes, as long as he comes out to the final countdown, I think we'll all be happy. <laughs> it will be interesting to see where he goes, though. Once he, you know, if he yeah. and when he comes out of the uh, out of the wilderness to to let everyone know. <laughs> but uh, Dan, does that mean we are done with uh, this week's news? We are done with the news. Woo! Hey. 46 minutes in. Whoa. <laughs> oh, yes, a real quick one. Pass that down, please. Please pass that down. <laughs> Slightly. I'll try to, but I can't give you any promises on that one. Just cut out raw. Just cut out, cut out raw. raw. We'll cut out raw. Perfect, because I think you know, Mexico and Japan was more than enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, as ever, recommendation corner, uh, Graps Apparel doing awesome work as per usual and still coming out with even more awesome stuff. So, yes, uh, be sure on at checkout to type in the code SWEETCHIN for 10% off of your order at Graps Apparel. Um, and in terms of another thing for Recommendation Corner, uh, Reardon, do you have anything in mind? Because I have a little something in mind uh, for mine. Uh, mine is the, uh, the well, going into the where we're going into video games. Uh, Resident Evil Village, which I will be playing on stream on Friday. Cha-ching, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, <laughs> but also Itchy Tasty, an unofficial history of Resident Evil, the book that came out last month chronicling the development and the people behind Resident Evil's 1 to 4. Great book, highly recommended. But no, Ridden, do you have anything for Recommendation Corner? No, you know what? You go for it. You go for it. That's it. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> All right, then. With that, it is time to talk about Backlash 2000. Uh, for, on the 30th of April, uh, may I add, emanating from the MCI Center in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital of America. <laughs> So this had USA. USA. Uh, this had an attendance of sixteen thousand six hundred and fourteen, with a pay per view buy rate of one point six two, which is quite impressive for a B pay per view in WWF at that time. Uh, so, gentlemen, 
couple of fun facts here. This was, I believe, the second pay-per-view, second or third pay-per-view to be broadcast on Channel 4. Hence why I have quite fond memories of this one. Uh, mm. As well as being the very first return of Steve Austin since his running over at Survivor Series in 1999. Thank you, Rikishi. <laughs> I did it for The Rock. So, no. Uh, question. Uh, have you seen this pay-per-view before? Uh, and if so, thoughts and memories from this pay-per-view? It was literally absolutely wiped from my memory, despite it being something that I watched. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, uh, Yeah, I, I do remember this pay-per-view. I haven't seen it in uh, in a bit. Uh, I mean, I want to say, I want to say, I want to say, only like I don't know, two or three years though. Yeah, since I last saw it. Um, but no, I, I mean, again, I remember it being. Um, I remember being a great pay per view, and I remember it being one of the ones that you know, you know is held up in in the pantheon, if you will. Yeah, for such a for such as I said, a B pay per view. This is I'm surprised when I was looking through Cage Match and from looking through reviews how high well how well, or how you know how well this pay per view holds up and how much people hold this in high such high regard, um, which is surprising because I know these for such a very short pay per view and being the pay per view after WrestleMania surprised the heck out of me. Uh, that people do hold this with such uh, with such reverence and hold it so close to their hearts. But uh, I'm waffling. I should get on with 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 everything that goes on. So we're going to start off with the WWF opening crawl, the intro that they had, which was so hype as I, that is my childhood. That opening WWF attitude logo, so really freaking is. hype. I mean, I know everyone has the like the 2002 ruthless aggression one, but the 2001 with the with the synth, like hard rock synth music, and the crowd going nuts, and the flame effects yeah. that reveal the attitude. I'm like, yeah, this is this is peak WWF at this time. Oh, of course it is. Getting rid of the, I mean, the worldwide leader in sports entertainment for just being this is fucking WWF. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, again, obviously, it's something so of its time. God, he yeah. is so. But, all, of but its also, time. Uh, part part of it that I absolutely love. Is just that like you watch it and you get excited. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Like I remember every time watching Raw and SmackDown when that when that opening uh, in Iden played up, I was like, "Whoa, I'm ready! I'm so fucking ready!" <laughs> All right, Sam, we get it, we get it. You hype? See, at least it's better than now, then, and for- it's better than now, then, and forever. WWE. Let's be honest. Forever. Yeah, but like, let, okay, but let's be real though, right? The current then now forever they have is nowhere near as good as the previous one. Oh no, agreed, agreed. Like the previous one, the previous one is amazing, and like I don't know why they changed it, but hey, you know. I think new legacy. I, I think new legacy's version is better now than butts. <laughs> I mean, like, look, that I'm paying attention to it. Exactly. Exactly. Like, no, no, the uh, the the. The previous version of the then now forever, which I think went up until like I don't know twenty sixteen. Mm. Mm. That one like is that one remains in my head. Oh the uh the 
the one with the goes you know, with Vince going WrestleMania. If you smell, what you gonna do? And you hear the glass breaking. Yeah, and it has all like has all like the the, the piano playing at the start, which is doing like the flat piano chord. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that one. I remember that one. <laughs> Alrighty, so after that we get the the promo, the pre-promo package to open up. Uh, these pay-per-views, which is always famous. Uh, this one sees the fallout to WrestleMania 2000 with Vince McMahon betraying The Rock and joining the McMahon-Helmsley regime. And of course, this is all building up to the announcement of Stone Cold being in The Rock's corner for this match against Triple H for the WWF title, which should have been the main event of WrestleMania, but then they decided to make it all about the McMahons and put a McMahon in every corner. <laughs> I'm still bitter about the main event of WrestleMania 2000. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it's kind of crazy that like they reached this point where they just got to it and they're like, yeah, the family that own this company are like more important as a, in a, in the wrestling show, though, right? <laughs> it it was kind of it is funny seeing like no 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 they were an integral part of multiple storylines and everyone yeah. was relatively okay with it up to a point yeah let's remember at this time that vince was when he came back he was gone off tv for a little bit but he came back to take back his company because uh, uh triple h and stephanie had kind of taken over yeah and so it was kind of it, he came back to rupturous applause and kicked triple h in the dick uh <laughs> 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 cleaned house so it was like alright oh, he's taking back his company oh no he's just doing his usual stick of joining with the Hill faction oh god damn it Vince so the good news is that Vince is back the bad news is that Vince, Vince is, is back, back. <laughs> I can't express how much of that statement is a mood yeah oh, <laughs> oh gosh alrighty so the, the opening pyro begins and we get a view of the set and by God, I love the hook motif for Backlash at this time. Yeah, yeah I do. Although I do want to know, like, who came? Who? What came first, Riddick or this logo? That is true because it really does look like it's literally. Riddick. It's just the Riddick knives. Right. Let me. All right, now I need to look up when the first Riddick movie was released. Right, we have. It was like. I think Pitch Black came out the same year as Backlash. I'm not gonna. I think. Okay, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. It did. It did. Riddick came out the 10th of November 2000. All right. So wow. Backlash beat Riddick by at least several months. <laughs> no, no, no. According, well, according to my, I'm sorry. According to my one, it came out February 18th. But, yeah, oh, but this came out okay, April. Tenth okay. of tenth no of November, two thousand, United Kingdom. That might be US. Release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. US release is February, and then Backlash is April. Beat it so by that, two months. That sounds like a coincidence. I can't but... believe that WWE would just rip off Riddick like this. I mean, real talk, I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could. I mean, it was very much. The Can you imagine at the being time. here? I'm here in big 2021 saying, man, who the hell would copy Riddick? <laughs> <laughs> John Cena? Maybe? Maybe. Mm. I mean, he's no, Dominic know, Toretto's brother in the in, the, in Fast yeah. and Furious 9. That is true. That is very true. Honestly, I Remember, can see... it's all about family. 
I, honestly, real talk. If in 2021, I could see Randy Orton copying Riddick. I could see him doing oh, it. Of like, like that might like he might. I don't see him as being like a big science fiction guy, but he might like adore Pitch Black. Is it because he sees of, like that kind of guy? Because, is it because the of that moment? Like, Riddick gear. <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to say if it's Riddick gear, then surely he's got to get out that uh, that uh, boiler suit and the night vision goggles that he had during Legends Night. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me about the night vision goggles. <laughs> All right, before we stray off far too off course, yes, the hook <laughs> motif with the scaffold, with the hook scaffolding and pendulum against the entrance, right? <laughs> so good. So freaking good. I completely forgot that who should return first thing to a massive pop? Freaking Deborah returned to the WWF to a massive <laughs> pop using Jeff Jarrett's theme music, may I add as well. <laughs> So I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people. (laughs) I think a lot of people were expecting Jeff Jarrett with that monster pop, but no puppies, as Jerry Lawler says. Deborah has returned to announce the first match. All right, but but before we before we get to that though, right? First off, a the 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 broadcast team seems so much more excited (laughs) on these shows. They really do. Like they really do. Second of all. This is when Jerry Lawler was like horny on main all the time. Illegally horny. Yeah, like I don't think there's enough. I don't think there's a like. It he has to go to like horny Alcatraz. That dude at this point. <laughs> like, solitary. Just good lord. Like we, again, it's not like it's anything new that we're saying. You're going like, hey man. <laughs> Jerry Lawler was proper horny on Maine, but he was horny on national TV. Yes. Yeah. Like, every single week. Like, listener, if you haven't listened or s- listened to Jerry Lawler at this point, I don't think you're Please quite prepared. Just save yourself. <laughs> My God. Because it is, it is an experience to go through and watch and go back to now, especially. <laughs> Just be prepared for a lot of boob jokes and a lot of xenophobic jokes from Jerry Lawler at this time. May I remind no one of of the 2000 Royal Rumble with Kai and Ty, but, you know, to each their own, I guess. I guess. If you want the diluted experience, go and play, like, um... Uh... Oh, God, I I mean, I think it's just all the SmackDown games have some degree of... SmackDown Shut Your Mouth especially. (laughs) Back down, shut your mouth. Because the only I was gonna I was gonna say here comes the pain, but I don't remember Taz commentary from that, which is just hilarious. Yep. <laughs> Not disgusting though; it's just funny because it makes no sense. Absolutely. Um, I think Jim Ross is in there as well, though. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, we get to the opening match: Edge and Christian, tag team champions, going up against Degeneration X of Road Dog and X Puck, because I believe at this time. Uh, Billy Gunn had a rotator cuff injury, so he was out of action. Um, I would just want to say DX come out first to the Run DMC version of their theme, and oh my god, DM Run DMC did not need to go as hard as they did for the DX song, but by uh, god they did. They did. But it slaps. It's so good. This is of course to promote the aggression 
uh, album that would come out a couple of months later that featured a load of uh, rappers uh, making their own versions of uh, iconic wrestler themes, of course. Let's not forget that Method Man did Know Your Role, which was fucking awesome. Never forget Mr. Meth. <laughs> uh, I also believe... I believe that Big Show comes out to his aggression theme, and I believe I, I want to say it was Old Dirty Bastard that did his. I it might be, but I, I can't remember. I can't remember I for the life of it. The, like, no, I honestly, they got basically every top tier '90s rapper for that album, so it could <laughs> yeah. be literally anyone. <laughs> but no, yeah, uh, K. Matt. This is what we. This is what we've been saying about why the hell doesn't WWE make more use of licensed musicians? Three <laughs> six mafia. Literally, Whoa. someone hey. someone pay Vince Staples how how what how much money he wants, and he will do some banger. Exactly. Like, no, but like you're gonna say, like Vince Staples, like just get. I don't know who. I don't know who it could do there, right? I'm sure if you had the right person, you could get Denzel Curry to drop a banger for him. That's true. Yeah. Like easy. Let's get. There's list. like a there's like a, there's like a ton of modern metal acts that would probably be willing to do a theme for WWE. There you go. But just get Aggression Two and Reckless Intent Two out. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> okay. So yeah, uh, DX coming out. Great reception because I think more people are actually really liking Run DMC's version of uh, of D of the DX song. Uh, Edge and Christian were really damn over in this time. The crowd were hot for those guys as they were coming out. But I guess Deborah got bored halfway through announcing because she just announces Edge and Christian, but she goes Edge and Christian. <laughs> Like seriously, it's like, what did Christian do to Deborah? That made so pissed I am angry. <laughs> I'll be writing a letter of complaint. Uh just yeah, it's just a weird curiosity on my part. But it's just like she sounded so pissed off to do the announcing of this show. Just for yeah, this match, just one match she does. Sound happy to be doing anything for it. <laughs> Oh, I love this though. So the bell rings, the match starts, and already the crowd is not is not is having none of X Puck. So the whole arena is just oh, shouting X Puck sucks. X Puck sucks. Oh, is this the height of X Puck heat? Yeah, it must be at this point. Yeah, they really I mean again oh, I, feel actually, like it, I feel like it is kind of Oh yeah, do you wanna go ahead? Yeah, here come we haven't done this for a while. Wrestling Pokedex, baby! Yeah. Wrestling Pokedex! <laughs> So, it's quite simple, really, for Xbox Heat. Heat is the concept of getting heat. You're doing a good job as a villain. Basically, you're being good, doing good pantomime villain. Xbox Heat is specifically when they, they ain't hating you because, they, because of your impressive work as a villain. They're hating you because they think that you suck. <laughs> Uh, like see, as also, a person. see also in the glossary reference go away heat yes. yes but yeah it's like what i said earlier where it was just like excuse me sir i feel compelled to tell you that we are not booing because of your effective heel work but simply because we do not like you as a person <laughs> also see baron corbin heat rob yes. Conway heat <laughs> <laughs> Problem is with Rob Conway is that he had a terrible flipping Randy Newman theme song that no one liked. I still never understand the decision to create that theme because that is just like the last person you want to give it to. <laughs> 
Okay, but it's weird how they say X Park sucks because X Park starts off with some really good chain holds, uh, some good um, sequence here with Edge, uh, with a backflip off his back, a kip up, but then of course yeah, we find out it. why he gets X Park here because he starts going. <laughs> yeah, I think I think one part of it as well is that like people who may not have seen the show or may not have, you know be as attuned to this time frame. Edge and Christian were over huge. God, they had a hell of a reception when they came out. Like, people loved them. So the fact, so like basically anyone that was really coming up against them, aside from like maybe the Hardy Boys mm. and the were, Dudleys as well. Yeah, the Dudleys yeah. as well were probably not going to be the best received. And like, I don't know if by this point DX was starting to wear thin. I think at by the time by the height of X Park Heat, DX was starting to wear fit because I'm not even sure were they even together at this point. They were part of the McMahon Helmsley regime, but they were basically the lackeys for Triple H and Stephanie at this point. Hmm. So it was like not a good time. Oh, this not is, yeah, a this good is time. definitely the tail end of DX's popularity. That's for sure. Mm. I mean, let's let's just say it like this. I mean, in this case, I think it was a case of. People didn't like people thought X Pac had run his course, but people still didn't really mind Road Dog as much, which is again weird to say in 2021. <laughs> that is very true. We'll get to that as we get into the match. So X Pac, after that uh, that great offense uh, and little spots with Edge, spits on Edge. Jr. calls it spatting. Jr. Uh, <laughs> Jr. Uh, X Pac spatting on Edge. Don't you be don't you be spitting Jr. <laughs> Blackula. Uh, <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> we get quite a we get quite a call back to the Hardys with a good poetry and motion from Edge and Christian to Road Dog. Uh, then we have a Bronco Buster to Christian, followed by a Wah! again from X. <laughs> it's let's run it again <laughs> <laughs> because it worked so well the first time. Uh, Road Dog doing the shake, rattle, and roll, which is the the the, the punches in bunches, followed by his uh, his uh, his incredible dance moves. And then doing the, the shimmy knee drop to, to Christian. Yeah. Uh, X-Pac cutting off Christian. Distracting the ref long enough for Edge to get the advantage by headbutting ro- uh, a prone road dog. Uh, double reverse DDT from Christian. Reversing both X-Pac and road dog to get the hot tag to Edge. A distraction from Tory though costs X-Pac as Edge rolls up for two. Christian then, pissed off by that, grabs Tory for the distraction. X-Pac rolls up Edge. For Christian to ring his bell, he gets the uh, he gets the um, the bell from the timekeeper and twats X Pac over the head with it. Quick and op- uh, Edge and Christian win to retain the tag titles. Quick and hot opener, nothing really outstanding. Grad were behind Edge and Christian, but dear God, did X Pac blade hard afterwards? <laughs> like yeah. it's a close up shot, and he is gushing blood after that. Yeah, he 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 hit it after the bell. God, he, yeah, he, he he did ring his bell. Slightly. <laughs> so backstage, we see The Rock arrive in a limo with his unbuttoned $500 shirt. Jim Ross it's letting everyone know. <laughs> Jim Ross letting everybody know that The Rock is here. Because everyone thought it was stone cold. And every I JR say, went I to Jerry. As much as we're there and we just keep saying the $500 shirt, I, I can't lie. I look back at it now and I'm kind of like, I kind of want to own it though. Same. <laughs> I look at it, I'm like, you know what? Actually, that's not that bad. And I actually kind of like to have that in my wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> Same. 
it's the rock. Make your make your assumptions about my fashion sense as you will. <laughs> hey, look, the rock pulled it off, but I think the only thing that rock can pull off that nobody else can is that he can wear those shirts unbuttoned. Yeah. <laughs> You have to be literally rock size to do that. Yeah, exactly. So, yes. Do you honestly think, JR, JR said, do you honestly think Stone Cold would arrive in a limo, Jerry? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, Stone Cold, known, known limo user. I mean, if he stole it. If it was a monster truck limo, I could see it. I was going to say, if there, yeah. was, if there was a way that you could turn a pickup truck into a limo. Yes. <laughs> That's what That's we want to say. No, we <laughs> don't. That's horrible. Yeah, yeah. A hummer limo. There we Although, go. Although, to be fair, the hummer limo in my head basically screamed mid 2000s rapper, but you know. It I thought really it was mid 2000s sweet 16. Both. It's also true. Also both. true, to be fair. Absolutely both. <laughs> okay, so second match we have uh, Scotty Too Hottie versus Dean Malenko for the WWF Light heavyweight title now this is uh, the backstory to this a really cool rivalry formed here uh, unfortunately grandmaster sexay got injured which saw scotty challenge for the light heavyweight title and subsequently win but free uh, the go home show of smackdown uh dean cheated his way to victory to reclaim or actually i believe win his first uh light heavyweight championship uh, again wasn't around for that long but still the caliber of people that held that title from Tucker Michinoku to uh, uh, well Brian Christopher at the time, S.A. Rios, then we had Dean Malenko, Jerry Lynn, Crash Holly. Like, that's, that's bloody good division. There were some great names on this title. It's just a shame that it didn't get as much love as it should have. Again, oh, yeah, see, so... the, see the Cruiserweight title as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, two core were 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 really popular in two thousand. Let's oh, be honest, they were so go, popular. I mean, just a little bit after this, go watch um, SummerSlam two thousand. Go yes. and watch. Uh, I believe it's Too Cool versus um, Right to Censor. Yes. Pre-show. Uh. Now let me just tell you, right? This is like the pre-show match. Rikishi gets a f- insane pop. <laughs> yeah, like too cool. Get a, a huge pop, and they're like the first match, and the match really goes like two minutes. <laughs> it's crazy. I loved. I I loved too cool as a kid. I'm not gonna I lie. Know. I'm not, I'm not even ashamed of it. I think I think they were great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm yes, interested like, to know yes, how how yes, how you think we did. Yes, like yes, it you is goofy. Yes, it is stupid. Yes, it is like in the context of the attitude era, like again, so of its time. But you can't deny they didn't get reaction. Yeah, no, that's true. You know, at the time, I wasn't a big fan of Two Cool Scoop. Scoop. I don't know why. I really? don't know why. Yeah, you right? You think I would have been like I would have been a bigger fan than both of you, but I just wasn't. And I have no real Is it the was it the worm? Was it the worm? <laughs> From Scotty Too Hotty. Was it was it Scotty doing the worm? No, because I would have loved the worm. <laughs> I was it was it his was it Scotty's habit of wearing a bucket hat with the top cut out so his hair could stick through? <laughs> Looking like McDonald's, like, looking like he's got McDonald's fries on top of his head. Was it the really, was it the really baggy trousers? 
Yeah, no, actually, those baggy trousers were, mm, those were a choice. Boot-cut mm. trousers. So 2000s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah, this starts fast. Like, quick counters, drop kicks, great chain wrestling from the pair of them. Milenko's cutting off Scotty for the worm. With each time he's going for it, cutting him off with, uh, with lariats and chop blocks. Again, this is... A, Dan, you won't believe this. This is the second match I've watched that has ring psychology. So Dean cuts off the leg with a basement drop kick and proceeds to, like, with elbows and knees, wrapping the knee across the ring post. He's cutting off Scotty's kind of, you know, one thing he can do the worm with. I couldn't believe it. Great ring psychology. But then again, it's Dean Malenko. See, because the thing is, right, about this, people forget that Scotty was a good wrestler. He was, yeah. Like, this is a like, sleeper hit. In his, his own right, he was a good wrestler, but mm. people forget that. Great wrestler. He was tit for tat with Dean in this entire match. Like, these two put on an absolute clinic, believe it or not. So, yeah, big knee drop with a great, transition into a knee bar from Malenko but then an enziguri from Scotty stops Dean in his tracks a giant superplex knocking both of them out but then as they both get up uh, Dean goes for the power bomb reverses into a bulldog and then we get the worm woo pops the crowd chop to the head uh big uh only for the two count as dean hooks the ropes tries to go for a pin himself hooks the ropes but gets caught this time by the ref big tiger driver for two scotty dumps dean to the outside and then we get the ending spot which holy crud what a spot so both of them at the top rope scotty looks like he's going to go for a superplex from the top rope dean malenko reverses that into a ginormous top rope ddt so it's looking the like kind of thing you only trust Dean Malenko with. <laughs> but he looks like he spikes Scotty right on top of his head, which makes it even more. Yeah. Oh. But uh, that is enough to give Dean Malenko the free and keep his light heavyweight title. This is a sleeper hit. And from the reviews oh, I've no, seen... Oh, Like, genuinely, on, on, on a card like this... Uh, People might be tempted to miss this match. Do not miss this match. Oh, crumbs, no. Do not miss this match. From what I've seen on the reviews, yep. this is, this is like, the highest rated match. And also, like, it's worth saying as well, this is good for watching, getting a contact at the time. Just see the response that the worm gets from the fans. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. Like, if anyone sleeps on Dean Malenko as well. 80% of that arena is off their seat yeah when the worm happens i'd say if anyone has not what seen dean malenkoro is not like a big fan or doesn't you know understand it this is the great introductory match to how good dean malenko is like if you want to if you're a wwe casual fan go watch this match you may be interested to watch his all of his great matches in wcw um no great match absolutely amazing match we then cut to vince with the mcmahon helmsley regime and the Stooges! It's Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson back oh, once yeah. more! <laughs> he evince telling them that if you want to be here with us, with the regime, then it's got to be all hands on deck. You know what that means? You know, you got to be, we got to be, you got to be faithful to me. To me. So it's all hands on deck. He really is getting over all hands on deck in this backstage segment. 
So we all know what that means, of course. If that means he's trying to get the Stooges back with him, we all know what that means yeah. in the main event. <clears throat> all right, we cut to the next match. Wasn't there, wasn't there something with Stephanie as well? I can't remember. I remember Stephanie being there. But Stephanie she may have just was, been there. Stephanie was just there. <laughs> okay, I just remember her being there. And I can't remember if she was there for something important or if she was just there. <laughs> she was just there. She's always there. <laughs> Just to link the heck out of everybody at that time. No. <laughs> Next up, we get the tag bat. We get a tag team match of Bull Buchanan and the Big Boss Man versus the Acolytes. The Shield's dad and uncle entering first. Uh... <laughs> so accurate. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, what way? What better way to wear tactical gear? Wear sunglasses indoors as well. That'll get you really over. Oh, <laughs> just... oh. That's what people wear tactical gear do, though. That is. That, is, is that true though? <laughs> I never saw, once saw the shield wear sunglasses. They wore those weird mesh uh, face masks. That is a, you know, I keep thinking that they did, but they didn't. No, they didn't. No, they never wore. The only time any of them I can remember wore sunglasses was when uh, Dean Ambrose dressed up like the Mountie. Yes, that's the only time I remember. But no, uh, what can you say about this match? This match wasn't that memorable. Basically, what I've got here in my notes is big hosses bumping meat and kicking lumps out of each other. Well, I mean, it's the Acolytes. It's got Bradshaw in it. So Bradshaw's prerogative is just, I'm just going to... It's like, well, what's the best way to make it convincing if I just actually hit you in the chest? Yeah. (laughs) So like punches and bunches, big boots, a big shoulder block from Bradshaw from the top rope. To, to, I be- yeah, to Bull Buchanan. Uh, Farouk with massive punches in bunches and big giant uh, back suplexes. Uh, for a little moment in this match, Bossman doesn't sell Bradshaw's offense for a bit. Oh, God. Like, oh. like he, he, like he, you know, Bradshaw does a clubbing bow to his back and Bossman's like, yeah, I'm not having that. Fuck you. And then, he, and then he takes him to the corner, hits him again, throws him outside, and he's like, yeah, I'm not selling you throwing me to the outside. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if there was a little bit of miscommunication there, but again, Obvious, nah, obviously Bradshaw. Even if I was Bradshaw, something. I wouldn't even want to mess with Boss Man, would you? Well, yeah. Can I it's also? Worth, it's worth saying at this time, right? And again, this this again feels into a whole bigger thing. But like Bradshaw worked to keep up this weird reputation that he was like the backstage enforcer. Yeah. So he had this habit of just straight up like shooting on people in matches yeah, when he this... felt like they weren't respecting him yeah, but this... to be fair though if you're a boss man like, you don't take that yeah. yeah this was a time as well that Bradshaw and Farouk uh, very much were that 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 side of enforcers but especially if anyone came from WCW they would stiff yeah. them hard way they would stiff them a lot during the tag matches uh, the most notable yeah. one being when they faced off against the public enemy on a Sunday night heat was... yeah. watching that match is like it's like watching like a crime scene. <laughs> it really bloody is. Also, is it weird that like that the big boss man of all people like lasted until the turn of the century? Absolutely, because it was kind of shortly after this that he would end up uh, leaving, and yeah, looking at time, just kind of disappearing from the wrestling world. Yeah, yeah, because well, he he didn't. I don't he, know, but I mean. I mean, like it's worth saying for it's worth saying for me. I, I don't think the big boss man would have survived now. True. No, no, no. Especially no, um, it's a surprise he even came back to the WWF because you know he'd spent yeah. his time in WCW as Big Bubba as as a lackey yeah. of the NWO. But then he came back, you know, 
full on like uh, well kind of like renovated character for the attitude era yeah yeah it, it, again like I, I think it worked in the time i mean again as as always in any of these matches that involves a certain person in it gotta give a shout to bull buchanan uh, oh yes yes for this this ending sequence like, as well crazy athletic for his size for, it's, i think it was six i think it was six build is six seven um but he's doing like like backslide rolls backflips off of bradshaw's back he's doing some top rope up offense you know and landing on his feet which is insane but uh, as i remember he didn't he used to do the thing where he just used to straight up like jump over to the top rope and start laying in punches yes uh, yeah. like, that man like if we say he's build six seven we say he's probably uh no six four uh i believe right. now he now works as a uh as one of the head guards, maybe even the warden for a prison now. So he fully so went into his character. That's delightfully appropriate. <laughs> yeah. But no, no, crazy athletic for his size. And he's also, he's, he's quite one of those people I'm always thinking like, I'm always surprised he didn't go further, but... But then he became you know. B-squared, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> so rest holding hot-dogging for Buchanan and Boss Man to set up for the end. Nightstick shot from Boss Man and a bull cannon! <laughs> from Buchanan, a top rope scissor kick, the ball cannon for the free. I will say this match went a little bit too long. It was a tad yeah, boring, yeah. but you know, it was two it was a team it was two teams of big hosses bumping meat, so yeah, yeah, it was a it was a it was a filler match, but when you consider what they came off as well, like the two matches before. Yeah. Kinda needed sometimes. Sometimes you just need a horse match just to kind of <laughs> tone it down. Absolutely. So we get another backstage segment. Matt and Jeff Hardy talking about the upcoming hardcore title match, saying that they may have to fight one another. Jeff retorting to that, going, you damn near broke my jaw. Uh, <laughs> and then they just walk out. And then we get another backstage segment with Crash Holly polishing his belt. And then Bob Holly beating Crash's ass. <laughs> and then we get into the, the hardcore title match. Crash Holly versus Hardcore Holly versus Jeff Hardy versus Matt Hardy versus Taz versus Perry Saturn. So it, it, now, it's the usual hardcore I, match for this time. I, yeah, usual hardcore match, but can I please address one point with this? Go on. Okay, right. This match happening is pointless. This No, really, it really is. Like, these hardcore matches at this time, especially during the 24-7 era, were kind there of you pointless. Go. Yeah. Why is there a match? <laughs> Uh, just will... make it so that Crash Holly just runs out after the previous match. I mean, what I will say is that this bat- match was a lot better than the WrestleMania 2000 match. I mean, in oh, that I they know. didn't botch the ending. It's always good when you don't botch the ending, isn't it? <laughs> um, I guess the only kind of big highlight of this match is when Crash decides to, you know what, this is the 24-7 rule. I'm fucking off out of it. Yeah. Um, the big highlight, of course, is Crash... Uh, being chased by all of the other competitors and he decides like, you know what no instead of going out through backstage I'm just going to climb on one of the hooks and see if <laughs> and see if anyone won't follow me turns out Matt Hardy is alright and quite adept at climbing things so he's just going to follow Crash <laughs> and it's swinging as they're both on the hook and then just like Matt twats Crash in the face and he's, he does the hangman spot where he gets his leg caught and blah, he's hanging upside down um, Crash gets the win in this match again it's kind of a match that's Typical, atypical of the hardcore scene at this time. Nothing really to write home about. And Crash Holly, of course, maintaining his win 
and maintaining the 24-7 role. There were some funny moments during this era, I'm not going to lie, but yeah, it's a match. Yeah, it's like... It is, it is a bit stupid, it's a little bit ridiculous, but at the same time, though, you know, it, for, for WWE's hardcore division and what it kind of was at that point, like, I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't too bad at all. We then get to another backstage. God, there isn't so many backstage segments. Yeah, there period. were a lot back in the day. I wonder, that's the thing. That was kind of part of the course at the time. Gosh, yeah, it, it really was. I knew there were a hell of a lot in WrestleMania, but I didn't realise there were so many during this uh, pay-per-view. I complete, I must have completely forgot about it. But we have Jonathan Coachman interviewing, in, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> interviewing Shane McMahon. Sorry, I, I, that's the reason I coughed, because I had to say Shane McMahon. <laughs> Shane O'Mac. About calling the match down the middle, because he is the special guest referee for tonight's main event. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, like he's going to call the match down the middle. <laughs> Get it? Like they, it, it's okay though, right? They're gonna do it. They're gonna do. They're gonna respect the shirt. But of, but I guess this is kind of like the right call. If you were going to pick any McMahon to be the referee, I guess it was Shane. Because let's not forget that he started out uh, his career in the WWF as a ref called Shane Stevens. In the early, I mean, 90s. I was just, gonna, I mean, I was just gonna say Shane is the chaos child. So, <laughs> well, that as well. <clears throat> like you can't always trust him to do the right thing because it's Shane. <laughs> <laughs> All righty then, we on to the next match: Kurt Angle versus The Big Show. We're in this period now where Show is parodying other wrestlers. And the couple of weeks previously, he ended up being the Big Scottish Show in a tag match with Kurt. Kurt didn't like that and decided to yeah. uh, slap him in the face, which triggered started this rivalry. And now we get the blow-off match at Backlash about a few weeks later. Kurt Angle. Man, this this is like, he's a few months now into his main roster run, and he's, you know, it's amazing how well Kurt Angle is doing at this point. Like, I mean, he's jacked as all hell. He is looking like he is trimmed as all heck. He has got the promos down to a fine art. His character of being a completely oblivious, like, heel. Like, being the do Dudley do-gooder and being, you know, all about America. He's cutting a promo as he makes his entrance, talking about his comparison to Abe Lincoln, because, of course, they're in Washington, D.C. Get it? Uh, makes his whole shtick about that. And a big show. And as I said, he's in this—he's in this period where he's parodying other wrestlers and mimicking them. Reardon, do you remember yeah. who Big Show came out in, as at Backlash? No, who does he come out as? Suddenly, Real American comes uh, starts <laughs> playing as Big Show comes out as Hulk Hogan. <laughs> oh Jesus! That the Showster, as they call him. <laughs> when I. He... I hate it, and yet I don't hate it as much as I think I should. Uh, what's really surprising is that he does a pretty good Hogan impression. <laughs> he cuts he cuts an atypical like Hogan promo. So, well, let me tell you something, me, Gene. Yeah. Oh God, it's it's terrible. So yeah, I mean, this match only goes two minutes. There's really not much to this match apart from the sight of a seven foot man doing Hogan shtick. He does the he does the hulking up to start off with. Does the big boot into the leg drop? I mean, Only yeah. The, the main, the main things I remember taking out of this match was, 
for some reason during his own promo, he just, um, <laughs> Kurt Angle just decides to get heat on Bill Clinton. <laughs> yeah, for some bizarre um, reason. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know what the purpose of that was, but he just decided it. Um, and then also just kind, of, I mean, obviously all the 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 Hogan stuff. And whatever with big with big show and it's kind of crazy to think that you know big show had only been in WWE for like a year for like a year at that point yeah <laughs> and then that was happening um when creative have nothing but also, for you but also it, it's crazy to think though from that this from this match it was only like six months later and then Kurt Angle was champion <laughs> yeah been squashed by uh been squashed by Taz in 2000, lost both his European and Intercontinental titles at WrestleMania, gets squashed by uh, by uh, the showster. But yet six months later becomes WWF champion. That's the way to do it. But no, uh, show ends this one quickly with a chokeslam to Kurt for the win. Uh, <laughs> moving on, we get the tag match I think a lot of people, myself included, do remember. And that is the Dudley Boys... <laughs> Versus TNA, Test and Albert. Now tits and ass, as Vince Russo would say. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> definitely so not was... versus TNA wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, of course, is the time where Bubba Ray Dudley's in his psychopath phase of putting women through tables. Of course, the very it's famous... Such a stupid, it's such a stupid gimmick, but I don't know about it. <laughs> So I love it, kind of weirdly. Of course, the most infamous one is when he put May Young through a table at the entrance ramp. Uh, and the one thing I always remember from this is the, 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 the cold, dead stare that Bubba would do. Yeah, whenever he, used to put, whenever he used to put people, anyone through a table, he just used to stare directly you know, into yeah. the camera, though, which was the thing that made it better. Yeah. Um, yeah, the thing I remember with this, though, is that there's like a backstage promo where it's just like Trish Stratus hyping... Bubba yeah. up into just putting her through a table and I'm just like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the, the, the story of this is that his one true desire is to put Trish Stratus through a table and Trish is trying to do everything to stop him from doing so. Uh, making out, you know, trying to be an object, like very ob- sexy object of desire, not putting her through a table, but you know, putting her on the table as Trish actually says during this uh promo. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. And then of course we cut after that to the backstage promo from Trish, which by the way, we cut to Bubba watching the said promo <laughs> Trish. And Devon tries to snap Bubba out of it and he's just like <laughs> let, let's, just, let's just say let's just say at this point, right? By the time like <laughs> Trish was still fairly new to WF at this point. Yeah. Hmm. But like, they were wilding. <laughs> they were really wilding for her. Jesus. Although, like, I do think, like, I don't think that Trish quite understands that that Dudleys and Tables are the one true pairing in existence. Yes, absolutely. Like, like they are fully just. They, they're literally the point of this segment is it's just like Bubba Ray is gonna put Trish <laughs> through a table. What I love about this sec- uh, that this promo with Devon trying to snap Bubba out of it is that Bubba's completely oblivious and just every so often just points at the screen going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Devon's and Devon's having none of it and just slaps him in the face. <laughs> And then we get to the course to the match. Uh, and as the bell goes, Bubba Ray, completely so oblivious to tested Albert, gets out of the ring, goes straight after Trish. 
Test cutting them off with a giant lariat. And then, of course, we got a big start from Albert and Devon doing some big hoss moves, as Albert always does during his match. Just big distraction from the ref from Test gives uh, the Dudleys the opening to do the uh, the, to do the uh, the what up to uh, to Albert's um, Albert's. Uh, <laughs> hey, can I just say Test was freaking awesome, dude? I don't care. I will die on this hill. Test was incredible. Test, I'm saying as a big guy with long blonde hair, would would we dare say that he was a little bit more agile than Kevin Nash? Oh yeah. Mm. I mean, his big have boot you, is something you, to have behold. You, I was to say, have you like because when when Test used to get his big boot in proper, it looked almost like the Claymore does now. Yes. No, like, Test was genuinely built different. No, such a freaking awesome guy. Man, to take him yeah, way no. too soon. Way oh, too soon. Way um, too soon. Didn't get near, anywhere near the opportunities he should have. Absolutely. And only because Triple H said, we don't want a Kevin Nash lookalike in our group. Bro, I don't even care. They should. Just, they could have just kept him solo. Absolutely. And he should have been getting all those opportunities. Absolutely. <clears throat> Some great double team offense from TNA. Uh, to Bubba Ray, but uh, oh no, sorry, to Devon. But of course, Bubba makes the hot tag, but the ref doesn't see. But then Bubba comes back with a hot tag cleaning house and still eyeing up Trish this entire time. The the backdrop variant of the 3D for the two, a baldo bomb, but Test misses the elbow. You can see they've clear out. Uh, they clear out Albert and the Dudleys are ready to go for the 3D. But then Trish destructs Bubba by doing some sexy dancing on the apron. <laughs> Test rolls up Bubba Ray for the win. TNA win the match. But uh, do you think that was going to be the ending to this? Hell no. They've been building this up for weeks now. Well, no. First of, first of all, we had Jerry Lawler being horny on Maine. Oh, Christ. I didn't want to bring that up. But yeah, Jerry oh, was really horny right. on Maine. We knew, we knew it was going to happen. Yeah, he really was like... Jesus, he was he was he was a special sort of extra when Trish was on screen or in like in that in when she was like there. Oh god, genuinely Jerry. uncomfortable. Genuinely uncomfortable. <laughs> but no, Bubba manages to grab Trish, commands Devon to get the table. Trish, trying to think she could do it again, kisses Bubba Ray, thinking she's got away with it yet again. Bubba grabs Trish by the hair, drags her to the corner. Devon sets up the table, ready for D uh, Bubba Ray to do the Brett's rope powerbomb straight through the table. <laughs> and Bubba Ray, with the stone-cold glare in his eyes, starts having has a massive grimace and grin on his face that he's just put, finally put Trish through a table. It's crazy to think that they'd revive that entire storyline, like, what, 15 years later in TNA? Yes. <laughs> A Dixie Carter, uh, you know, the pride comes comes for a, before a fall, doesn't it? You know, I mean, I mean, we say, it's, we, say, we, say um, um, we say Dixie Carter. Wasn't Billy Corgan at this event? Yes, Billy Corgan was at this event as well. Yeah, <laughs> is it just like? Is it just like? Is it just like they must sacrifice at least one woman on the altar of the table in order to set every single company them. they go to? Yeah, in order to sate the the pack they made to be the greatest at tables. Absolutely. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if Bubba Ray ever did it in ROH. I mean, he was there for like three years, but I, maybe Maria I Kanellis. Maybe. 
possibly. I'm trying to think who it would have been, but it probably would have been like <laughs> I probably would have been either Angelina Love or Quinn McKay. <laughs> true, very true. The way they sold um, this though, this ending was Trish being stretched out and into an ambulance after this. Like they literally, it, it's so it's so weird to me because it's like they just spent like weeks bigging up the fact that it's like Bubba Ray's gonna put Trish through the table. <laughs> And everyone's just like, yes! You know what I love about this, though? And the only thing I will give credit to Kevin Dunn for? How easily the ambulance then transitions to Eddie and China coming back from their prom day. <laughs> like, no cuts. It goes from the ambulance and then it pans over to the to the lowrider with Eddie and China in there. <laughs> Dude, when Kevin Dunn was actually good. Was he ever good? Okay, when he was debatably good. <laughs> there we go. No, so Eddie and China arrived late to the match, to their European title match after their prom date. Uh, Eddie in a tux, China in an evening gown. Uh, and then the, the referee comes up and says, you look, if you're late, if you're late in about, if you're not in the ring in about two minutes time, we're calling off the match and you have to forfeit your title. So they come in through the low rider Eddie, as oh, just I, I love the mere sight of Eddie having to wrestle in his tuxedo pants and a bow tie. <laughs> it's just something about that sight just makes me go, God, God, you were just fucking perfect, weren't you, Eddie? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was, to be fair, like we say this, um, but that period of um, Eddie in China was really, really great formative time for Eddie. Yeah, the weird thing about this, or the surprising thing, I guess you should say, is that it was supposed to, they were booked as heels, but the crowd were having none of it. They flipping oh, loved yeah, they this weren't having these two. any of it. <laughs> they absolutely loved these two because S.A. Gordios with Lita were supposed to be the faces in this match, but you would never have known by the crowd, by the reception of the crowd. Well, of course they should have been faces S.A. Rios. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Again, not much to really say about this match other than these two are just incredible wrestlers from Mexico. And when you get two guys that have that lineage in Lucha Libre, great things happen. And yeah, well, yeah these I two mean, put again, on great, I'll, great I'll, match. I'll always say to people, uh, S.A. Rios, underrated high flyer of this time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Heavily underrated. So again, not much really to cut, go over with this match both of them put on an absolute clinic being you know who they are being so well versed in uh lucha libre the way this ends though is a little bit different doesn't end with the frog splash but it ends with the what i can only describe as a gory a gory special airplane spin yeah it's it's not the usual finish i i'm assuming he probably didn't feel comfortable doing a frog splash in tuxedo pants probably probably (laughs) Um, i liked the look of it quite visually appealing yeah, actually, it wasn't bad. I mean, as you said with Eddie, the great thing was he was one of the people that did have kind of a few finishes. Yes. Uh, so it wasn't too far of the, the realms of possibility. Gosh, I'm just trying to think now. Uh, Frog Splash, Brain Buster, Lasso from El Paso, Gory Special. He had yeah. so many when you think about it. Now. Lasso from El Paso is such a great name. Oh, amazing name. <laughs> oh. So the ending of this match, Lita rips the dress off of China for the revenge but uh, Eddie doesn't mind one little bit, and I, I can I can tell you that Jerry Lawler doesn't mind one little bit as well. Again, uh, Jerry Lawler, heavy-handed, 
heavy-handedly horny. I'm, I'm pretty sure, like halfway through this match, we just hear the like the like the rhythmic fudding of the announce table as Jerry just goes ever so slightly. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Like, because like the thing, the, that. the, 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 the that. thing about it, right? No, okay, right. Here's 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 the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right. Oh God. <laughs> It's so funny because JR is just like, I don't think I've ever seen this before, King. And then King's just like <laughs> He is he is roasting. <laughs> oh jeez Louise, yeah. So then we get to our next match, the penultimate match here. And actually I think honestly, this is probably the great decision to put this on as the semi main event. Chris Jericho versus Chris Benoit for the WWF Intercontinental title. Now, course, the original battle of the Chris's. Absolutely. Now, of course, the history of this is WrestleMania 2000. We had that triple threat match for the Eurocontinental title. Uh, Benoit pin, or I think Benoit submitted Jericho for the Intercontinental title. Jericho uh, submitted Benoit for the European title. And then, of course, the rivalry kind of ensued from there. And this is one of the very first matches these two would have in WWF together. And yeah, I mean, oh gosh. What can I say about this match? It was a blooming borderline fantastic match. Um, great stuff. I mean, the first six minutes of this are some of the best wrestling I've seen from Jericho and Benoit when working together. Yes, even more so than the Super J Cup in 95, I dare say. Um, oh, wow. Great match, great chops. I mean, these two were going stiff, and I think I think two people that know each other so well, even before they entered the WWF, definitely know how comfortable they're going to work with. And you can definitely tell that these two. I think you can tell that Jericho certainly wanted to be on Benoit's level, so was more than happy to kind of be stiffed quite a number of times from Benoit. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the thing is as well is that they had worked together quite a few times before this. Yeah. So I feel like that you know you kind of have that, um, you know you have that shared understanding. Mm. You kind of know how far you can go. I mean, again, like Benoit was occasionally known for just stiffing people because that was just how how he worked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you when you're like when you are abs- when you're trying to emulate the Dynamite Kid, who's your favorite wrestler? Yeah, you're going to stiff opponents quite a bit, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, great, great selling work as well from Jericho because he made it look like he was getting hurt, which I can imagine Jericho probably was getting hurt quite a bit. Uh, almost definitely. <laughs> uh, the suicide, the dodged, uh, I, I don't want to say that. No, the dodged Tope Suicida uh, by Benoit was, oof, oh, that was a spot and a half. That was made me go, ouch. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not... The worst one I've seen. Uh, well, that would, that would come in Royal Rumble 2001. Holy shit, that one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, it was a lame end to this one. It was a DQ finish, which meant, of course, Benoit retains his match. Uh, uh, oh, I kind of liked. I kind of liked it. <laughs> I, when put into comparison to the other matches they had, it kind of ends on a bit of a lame note, <clears throat> I think. Yeah. Because um, it did look like they could go on for another 10 minutes, I felt. Like, it was, it was, oh, it was a solid match up to that point, if you ask me. Um, But yeah, uh, again, 
this is the sort of thing, um, and it's I'd say you know everyone can understand this when you review matches like this with the people and the person that's in it. It's tinged with a heck of a lot of darkness, and when you see some of the spots that <clears throat> that he was willing to do and sell, you go to yourself, crumbs on a bicycle. Like, yeah. He. Well, yeah. He, so like yeah. I mean, you you can mention the finish, and you think, yeah, that will probably contribute to CTE. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you said, when it comes to any match that involves Benoit, it kind of always, it obviously always has that mark over it. Yeah, like I, I mean, I know a lot of people, you know, you know, will try to come to the aid of watching these matches and not, I'm forgetting about it, but you know, like it is. No, what it as, is. As, Chris as, did what he did, and you can't yeah. not forget. No, as, as as we said before, we, where we we you know we had to speak on it, it's that. It's not something that you can just put by the side of it. It has to inform everything you do about it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Go on. Sorry. No, that's it. That was it. I was yeah. just. That's, I was just agreeing, honestly. <laughs> Alrighty, and now we get the main event. As I said, I did like. I did like um, Chris Jericho just signed to just put the referee in the walls as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's not forget that. And of course. Because it was, because it was, because it, it was good for him. Because you know, at this time, he was still kind of. I, I guess I, I don't want to say he was coming off of being comedy, but he was he, coming, was, he was coming off being a little bit less serious. And they were like, "No, we want to be proper serious now." Yeah, he just come off of the rivalry uh, with China, uh, with the inter- with the uh, the intercontinental title. So. You know, he was trying. He was trying his best to, you know, come across as a very serious contender at that time. Um, and you know, this definitely was the start because, uh, geez, you know, he would end up. I think it was a few months later would end up having that terrific match against Triple H on Raw, uh, where he would become WWF champion for all of a minute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he did quite. You know, he did cut his. You know, very famous Chris Benoit. Promos as he like usually likes to d- d- do at this time. Chris Benoit, and I, I will defeat Chris ben- Benoit on a goat. I will defeat Chris Benoit on a boat. <laughs> Let us never forget that promo. <laughs> All right, yes. Yeah, so we get to the main event for the WWF Championship. It is The Rock versus Triple H with special guest referee Shane McMahon. Uh, the Rock with Stone Cold Steve Austin in his corner. And Triple H with Vince and Stephanie in his corner. Now, I will say, I do say that uh, The Rock with Stone Cold Steve Austin, but uh, The Rock does come out on his own. And the question that's been lingering this entire pay-per-view is, where is Stone Cold? Is Stone Cold here? Has he arrived yet? Oh, he's not showing up. Ah, The Rock's on his own. And so, of course, this match takes advantage of that with, uh, well, (laughs) starting off with some... With some silly stuff. I mean, it is a silly match, all in all. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, we get, of course, Shane flouting the rules. And The Rock's having absolutely none of it. So, during the match, a bit into the match, we have The Rock. Uh, the only time I've ever seen him... I think he might have done it once or twice. But the only time I've ever seen him do a double rock bottom. Grabbing Shane and Vince. And slamming them through the announce table. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, to bring out, of course, ladies' man and the world's greatest referee, Earl Hebner. Uh, Thank you, Earl Hebner. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and to come out and officiate the rest of the match, of course, Hebner having a rivalry with Triple H at this point as well, <laughs> believe it or not. What a weird... Yeah, that's true. What a... Oh, God, what a weird sentence. <laughs> and of course, you know, the match goes on as it does. The typical Triple H rock match. These two do, you know, at this time... One of the biggest faces, one of the against the one of the biggest heels. They know how to work the crowd tremendously well and to tell a very good storyline. I mean, the match is mostly a brawl. Like, there's no kind of like yeah. chain res- wrestling or any sort of like great technical spots to speak of. This is just an all-out, you know, WWF main event brawl. But amazingly, that I, I would dare say that this match was kind of booked to near perfection for what it was like it i guess the best way to it is like it's definitely overbooked yes but in a weird way it's kind of the only way that they could do it right absolutely so in the tail end of this match we get the stooges coming out in referee stripes taking out el hebner shane is shane is back as well i believe taking out el hebner and then we hear with, with, with all the odds against him and we think that Rock's going to lose this bang the glass shatters and out comes Stone Cold Steve Austin with a steel chair and as I said he just twats every single one of them with a chair shot. I don't know what it is but uh, Stone Cold's chair shots on a run in just uh, uh, like completely different to anyone else I've ever seen he like flings his entire his full body motion <laughs> That's because he will. That's because he holds a chair like four wheels Mjolnir. <laughs> Absolutely, it's just Jesus. He, he he It's like he takes it. He likes like it's like you know when like you watch like old kung fu movies and they're telling people yes. how to use a sword and he has to go. You must use this as an extension of your entire arm. <laughs> yeah, that's Stone Cold in a steel chair. Yeah. <laughs> It's oh. ridiculous. So, yeah, twats Patterson, twats Briscoe, twats Shade, twats Vince. Uh, all leads. Uh, even Linda comes out at one point and shoves Stephanie to the ground. <laughs> of course, all this leads to the to the people's elbow and Rock defying the odds and winning the title, bringing an end to the stranglehold that Triple H has had over the WWF title. This is game over, if you everyone remembers that. Like everyone yeah. taking the piss out of yeah. Triple H with game over. They even made a shirt out of it for him to wear, but b- b- bizarrely enough. <laughs> and a post-match celebration <clears throat> with Steve Austin to see out the crowd uh, and end. WWF backlash and the end uh, end of this pay-per-view. Um, so yeah, the one thing I have to say is God, I've never heard the the reception that Austin got when that glass shattered was loud as hell. Oh, like again, it's just like that is that is the marker to like all hell breaking loose. I remember yeah. how like I remember the pop the week before, the go home smackdown, I believe where Austin destroyed the DX Express. Ah, uh, yes. Also huge. I went back and watched that one, and I remember I, I could not for the life of me remember, but absolutely bawling with laughter, that they sped up the footage of Austin destroying the DX Express. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a... That was like the a... moment that you knew you were going to become an editor. <laughs> yes, that's the moment where I knew I would become an editor. <laughs> But I love how this is immortalized, not only in No Mercy, but in SmackDown 2. 
this moment of of Austin coming back from at Backlash and destroying the DX Express. Because <laughs> I remember in SmackDown Two with this promo, for some reason they have Austin recite the uh the Austin Three Sixteen promo uh that he did to Jake Roberts. And it's like that's not how it went. It's like what is he destroying Jake Roberts's bus? <laughs> The snake bus. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because <laughs> Stone Cold said so. In the only voice clip, I think, in SmackDown 2, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, tell a lie. I think the one of the only other ones was JR at the beginning of the of the um, legal splash screen going, ladies and gentlemen, this is proof. Anything could happen in the World Wrestling Federation. Oh, yeah. See, like, you got, look, right, you got to make good use of them. That is very true. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I mean this this match is just kind of like, you know, it's just absolutely, it's just absolutely crazy. Yeah, because um, it's because it's stuff as well. Like, I mean, be it I haven't watched it in a bit, but I still remember. Um, isn't there like a thing with like Earl who just keeps doing fast counts and stuff? Yes, yes. <laughs> so like Earl keeps doing fast counts. Um. You know, then then the Stooges arrive. Then you have like the uh, Austin appearing and just going crazy and just like launching himself across the ring with a chair. A four, I think, wasn't it a four or five hit combo that he hit? <laughs> oh, he does, but it's like I think it's like the first one where I I want to say he hit Shane. He full on jumps into it. <laughs> oh, he does, and then <laughs> it's like he's halfway to doing a Lou Fez with a chair. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a, ch- it's like a, it's literally like he's doing the shoulder block, but with a chair. It's yeah. insane. Um, and just all and like everything, just like that, and just like all the people around. And there's like random bits where just all of a sudden, like Linda and Stephanie get involved. Not that I particularly remember those specifically, but <laughs> again, it's um, a McMahon in every corner. <laughs> I also don't know if this was exactly the same time as it was, but I feel like this was at the point where the people's elbow was starting to become more important than the rock bottom. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, this time, early to mid-2000, yeah, the people's elbow was over. Like, really over with the crowd. For a move that became a rib, it became one of the most famous finishing moves of all time. (laughs) See, but that's the best bit, though, because it's like it's like when they did the thing where they were, where they were talking about um, the stunner, and they were like, "Yeah, Rock just started overselling it like hell just because they found it funny." <laughs> you gotta find a way to entertain yourself on the road, surely. So and it's just like I just love that that's become like part of wrestling canon at this point, <laughs> where it's just like, "Oh, if you take a stunner, you got you better bump like hell for it." Yeah. Or if you're Byron Sexton, you don't need to sell because you just got doinked in the dick. <laughs> also true. Because <laughs> like, you know, that's that's the thing. That's the thing that I love. Like, I mean, as much as much as like you know, the people's elbow in itself just exists as a rib. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to pop the boys at the in the nation of domination, he started doing that <laughs> elbow with theatrics. He called it at the beginning, and then suddenly became the people's elbow. <laughs> crazy how that how that happens isn't it a thing that you were never meant to get over suddenly becomes the biggest thing in professional wrestling yeah funny how such that is the way of professional wrestling yeah such is the way 
that's just the way for the rock to work in general isn't it yeah pretty much pretty much <laughs> so yeah that concludes backlash 2000 i rate this i rate this in the high in the high numbers if i was to do an out of 10 or out of five uh, and again it still surprises the heck out of me that this is that a lot of people consider this one of the great pay-per-views they did during this time because yeah this was a b pay-per-view and this came you know straight after wrestlemania mm. curious yeah if if i had to say what i give this i'd probably give it like uh eight and a half maybe a nine that's respectable i'd say it's definitely it definitely warrants an eight for sure and i guess it's oh it's, personal... defi- it's definitely it's definitely at least an eight at least in my mind yeah i yep. mean you've got at least like you've got at least three matches that are easily like four star minimums <laughs> oh absolutely um and you've got like two pretty good sleeper hit matches as well mm. yeah you know there's only really like one match that's kind of yeah, and that's the tag. Even, I believe that would be the tag match, wouldn't it? Between and that'd be the that'd be the tag match. Yeah, between. And I mean, like it's not like it's not like the the Big Show Kurt Angle match goes like twelve minutes or anything. It only goes for like three. <laughs> so it's not it's not even that egregiously bad. Yeah. For even for the big one coming out as Hulk Hogan, believe it or not. <laughs> like, yes, okay. It, contextually, now I'm like, oh god, he's dressed like Hulk Hogan. But at least, at least in the context of time, that wasn't a bad thing yet. <laughs> hey, so I think it was surely, wasn't it? A couple of months later, that Midian would come out in his streaker gimmick to Real American. I don't know. Probably, I've chosen to block Midian out of my head. Yes, naked Midian, I believe he was called at that time, wearing nothing but no, just Midian. Just Midian in general. <laughs> I know one thing about Midian, that Midian had the European title, and I consider it an affront to the title's existence. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Reardon, now that we've got over this, were there any memories that you uh, that you uh, took or put into the deep recesses of your mind that have now cropped back up? <laughs> it's the Dudleys. Yeah. It's the Dudleys, I remember. <laughs> I remember everything because I forget how much the Dudleys were my guys at the time. Yeah. <laughs> may we forever, may we be blessed with that type of energy in everything we do in life. Because I've always Devo. said, right, like, there's, there's, some, there's something so hot about just them just yelling, Devon, get the tables. Mm-hmm. Just... Insane. Full on sacrifice this person. Ah, <laughs> oh, and it's crazy. Like this is this was them coming off of of course the triangle ladder match at WrestleMania two thousand and it would only be a couple yeah. of months later they would put on TLC one. So like for them, their legend only just go and their stock only just goes up at this point. Yeah, yeah pretty much. And then, of course, Bubba Ray becomes TNA World Champion with Aces and Eights. But we don't talk about the Aces and Eights just yet. We'll get... Oh, trust me. We'll get to the Aces and Eights at one point. People are going to have to pay us to go through Aces and Eights. <laughs> oh, is that a slighter foreshadowing there, Dan? Nudge, nudge, yeah. wink, wink. Potentially, nice. but I'm also making that a straight-up statement of fact. People yeah. are going to have to... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't like, blame you. I'll do, I'll do one half of Aces and Eights. <laughs> but you got to pay for the other half at yeah. least. <laughs> and on that bombshell, it is time to end 
this episode of the Sweet Shieldwag podcast. Gentlemen, thoughts and feelings after that. I, I quite I quite enjoyed that. Stop yeah. calling it back WrestleMania backlash. Just call it yeah, backlash. Please just call please. it I'm telling you this much. I wonder how many times they're going to put WrestleMania as a tagline to their B pay-per-views leading up to SummerSlam. I'm willing to bet they're going to try. They try. They're going to try and get away with one more. Well, because after so after backlash, I'm sure I think what we have next. But isn't it meant to be? I want to say. I want to say extreme rules. WrestleMania extreme rules. Oh, that sounds awful. Extreme WrestleMania. No, because it will be because it will be like extreme rules colon. The fallout from WrestleMania or something. <laughs> WrestleMania One Night Stand. There you go. Got it. Perfect. There we go. <laughs> they don't even make WrestleMania One Night anymore. Oh Jesus! There should yes. be a third night of WrestleMania. <laughs> All right, WrestleMania Three Night Stand. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh, I've, I've, that is a that is a cursed thought. That is cursed, man. Three night long WrestleMania. Oh. I'm gonna quickly get on to what we're gonna get on to in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, please do. Please yeah. do. As we're nearing up to the one year anniversary of the Sweet Chinwag podcast, which blows my mind. I don't know about you, chaps. That blows my mind. Oh man, that... I can't believe it, but it, it is happening. That shouldn't be possible. <laughs> Uh, before we get to that one year anniversary, though, with a very special episode, which we will announce soon. Uh, our next episode is going to be about the namesake of this podcast. Yes, we're going to be doing a retrospective on the showstopper, the heartbreak kid, Mr. WrestleMania. No, it's not Michael Shane. Uh, it's it's Shawn Michaels. I am looking forward to this one because Shawn's career is very up and down. Uh, but he, but there's one thing we always can. I think every wrestling fan can uh, can agree on is that Sean always put on outstanding matches. Yeah. When he, yeah, mm, we'll get to it. When when <laughs> when, when he behaves himself. We, we will. Yeah, get I was gonna to say it. like it's. <laughs> I was gonna it's say a it's fascinating it's tale. Split, it's split into two time periods. It's uh, what I'm going to term before God and after God. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally, that Christ after Christ, but you know that's that's the time framing. <laughs> yeah, you could literally say which one are we talking about? Are we talking about Shawn Michaels or Shawn Michaels BC? God, you you two doing that just made me pig squeal there. The laughter I got my my real laugh came out there. Oh God! Oh God! Right. Anyway. While I'm a broken mess still. <laughs> We've got all that to look forward to on the next episode. But until then, I have been Sam. This has been Dan and Reardon. And you've been listening to the Sweet Chin Web Podcast. We'll see you all on the next one. Bye, you lovely lot. Reardon! Get the tables! Get the tables! Always, always get the tables. <laughs> <laughs>